on every single time. I think Andy is still trying to figure out technology. <laughs> it happened the last two shows in a row now. The second we start, he decides to drop out. But two of us are here just as he logs on again. Andy, here he is. Welcome to the Anglo-Italian pod. As always, my name is Rory, and I'm joined by my two good friends now. Adam Andy. and Andy. Here we are, boys. Here we are. Um, we're all back, back again, back together again. We love to see it. Um, and it's been a pretty mad weekend, I think. Really are getting close to the World Cup now. Kind of realising it was Arsenal's last home game before like wow. December now, which is a bit mad. Like when you, I was like, oh shit, yeah, we're not playing at home again now. So we're squeezing the last of the Premier League Serie A action before we switch our focus to the World Cup. But this weekend, Adam did, just as we were about to click record, send an incredible story from uh, the man who's full of great ideas, Florentino Perez. I think we could say he's never had a bad idea, right? Never had a bad idea. Never um, had a bad idea, no. And he's Real Madrid land. Guys, what do we think? Um, Adam, you sent it. What were your first thoughts? Real Madrid land. <laughs> it, it is like you think something couldn't be possible, but he makes it happen, right? If there's yep. a dollar sign on it. He's all over that. So um, I just love the uh, ideas and suggestions between us three about certain rides, right? So certain things that would link to uh, Real Madrid I'm players. Good. And I won't spoil it, but yeah, we, we got onto a theme there, didn't we? I think, I, I think honestly, the second I read it, I was sat on the Metro and I was like, right, I need to think, of, come on, like rides, rides. The only thing that was in my head was Itchy and Scratchy Land from The Simpsons. And I was like, right, I need to get that out of my head. <laughs> but Andy, you came with the first one, which I really liked. What what ride are you bringing to Real Madrid Land? Oh, what ride? The Gareth Bale escape room where you have to try. <laughs> you're locked to the roof for an hour and you've got to try to escape Madrid. <laughs> All there is is marker journalists banging at the windows trying to keep <laughs> yeah, you in. Right? Yeah, there's a marker journalist on the right and there's a golf course on the left. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Adam, what ride are you bringing to Real Madrid land? Well, I'm, I'm thinking go controversial. Go for a player that's doesn't deserve or doesn't feel like he should have been at a Real Madrid shirt. And that was the Thomas Gravison. So uh, the Thomas Gravison punch bag, because if you remember a few years ago, he went in for Robinho for a punch a few <laughs> times. And uh, yeah, he had to be pulled apart. So you can imagine. I mean, in, hind- in hindsight, he was probably doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was probably in the right, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. He was probably in the but right. He was a madman at the same time. So yeah, that would suit him to the T, wouldn't it? I love that. And to be honest, every time Thomas Gravison at Real Madrid is mentioned, I do have to mention the story of when he got fined for getting his bollocks out and putting them on the teammate's head when he scored a goal. <laughs> that, that story can just never be ignored. You're a madman, Thomas. It's incredible. Um, I thought I grew up near Blackpool uh, Pleasure Beach, right? And they used to have this thing called the um, Passage del Terror, where you got chased by like out-of-work actors with chainsaws. And I thought at Real Madrid... Who are the scariest characters? Pepe and Sergio Ramos. They chase you down a pitch black tunnel and try to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> I think that might be the most authentic Real Madrid experience. But Florentino, please keep coming up with these great ideas. Um, I also imagine that every theme, every ride would be like exactly the same. Because when you have the best thing, you don't need variety, right? You just go on the same ride over and over again for the end of time. Because that's what he seems to love about the Super League. So just the same ride (laughs) a million times for the rest of time. Um, Nice. So 
How are we doing, boys? I've not even asked you how you are. Adam, you've been on holiday. How was your holiday? Uh, holiday was amazing. If those that follow me on Instagram probably saw a few snaps. Um, but yeah, insane to like cover Israel, Greece, uh, Turkey, amongst a number of like nations. It was incredible. Just incredible experience. So um, yeah, good to be back. You may hear that I'm a bit more hoarse at the moment because I am a bit <laughs> unwell. I think it's just the sudden climate change uh, back to uh, sunny shores of England. But We'll, we'll plow, plow through this episode, I'm sure. We'll be exactly, fine. we will power on through. And Andy, you had a big weekend in the big smoke in London, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, felt, I felt too old for it. Um, yeah, no, but met with some old uni mates, uh, played a couple of football matches, which my knees absolutely felt afterwards. Then um, <laughs> had a house party and um, I got, I'm sure now I can tell him in my 30s because it got to about midnight. I was feeling a little bit tired, so I thought I went out onto the balcony <laughs> with a little blanket and had a bit of a snooze until everyone fucked off. <laughs> then I went back inside. Love, that. <laughs> Love it. But so uh, yeah, and then obviously went came up came back to Bristol yesterday with a little, little feeling a little bit hungover, but nothing too bad. And then um yeah, just uh, back to the office on Monday. Oh yeah, that was grim. Uh, <laughs> I don't usually go in on the Monday, but I was, I was I was looking at my alarm clock, thinking it's half six. You what? And then obviously the depressing sight of like you, you know, obviously the clocks have gone back, and it's mm. it's like five o'clock, and it's dark, and it's raining, and it's just like <laughs> oh. oh, winter is here. We're getting here. We're getting here. But guys, we are here to brighten up your dark winter evening and we're going to go for some Premier League Serie A action. But quickly, we have to go for a few of the suggestions from in the chat. AFC Finners jumping in with, is there a throw of pig heads at Figo stall? Love that idea. And <laughs> yes. also, keep Julian Faubert awake. Yes, I love that idea. <laughs> Great. Love it. Keep them coming in. Nice. Good. So we're going to start with the Serie A review. And I think... There were a few surprising results, mm. especially mm. last night. Um, you cursed everyone. Sorry? You cursed everybody. It's like, you know, like it's Halloween. I think you've oh, done a witch. Yes, I'm sorry. I, think, I do not Well, I'm there like, is that. Yeah. It's, terrible. Yeah. it's just the podcast itself, isn't it? It's a curse. We need to talk about the Anglo Italian curse. It is something that is happening increasingly. So we mentioned Barry. And not only have they not won since we mentioned them, they've not scored a goal since we mentioned them. <laughs> and they were, they were averaging about three a game before that. Then we started to finally give Lazio their kudos. We'll get onto what happened there. And we've been slowly talking up Milan and we'll get onto what happened there. It seems like genuinely, I'm, I'm afraid to talk about any team I care about now. I'm genuinely afraid. I can't, I'm going to have to talk about Arsenal today and I'm, I'm terrified of what could happen. What do we think, guys? Do we think, what is going on? What is going on? No, I don't, I don't think there's a curse. Don't, don't think there's a curse. I just think it's the way the season's panning out. There'll be a lot of slip-ups like this. Like mm -hmm. if we're going to talk later on in the show about Liverpool, who seems to be so inconsistent. So, yeah, yeah I'm sticking with that. I don't think there's a curse, but... I'll I pass like it, it on to Andy. I like the positivity, Adam. I like it. No, I'm I'm, I'm fully on board with the we're cursing people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully on I'm fully on board for that. But um, yeah, I think the only ones that you want to curse is uh, is Napoli. To be fair, I think they're the ones that touch wood, know, touch all the wood, touch all the got, wood. We need to touch they've got the they've got the magic crystals knocking about. 
Yeah. I'm only thinking of magic crystals because just before I came onto the pod, I started watching Hocus Pocus 2 and it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> trippy as hell. So, <laughs> but uh, you sure you're not drunk, Andy, still? <laughs> no, 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 but it's uh, a good film. But and there's been a few horror shows over the weekend to keep the film going. <laughs> there definitely, definitely has. And as AFC Finners has helpfully commented, while Napoli are truly effed then yes quite possibly we are it is a city that loves superstitions and they do believe in curses so they're going to be doing everything they can to counteract our curse and maybe we should start with napoli and start with i've got him in my fanta calcio and i'm so so happy that i have victor bloody awesome oh he's incredible isn't he andy i'm gonna let you start on him but a hat trick within 20 minutes yeah, it's uh, well, it wasn't quite 20 minutes. He scored two goals in the first 20 minutes yeah. and then knocked one in uh, towards the end. But uh, Sassuolo just weren't awake. I mean, there weren't particularly special goals, to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. with you. It was, just, it was just that classic of being in the right right place at the right time. You know, it's one of those, the last the last person you want those kind of chances falling to was him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I mean, uh, Sassuolo for the opening, you know, the first half were absolutely awful. Um <laughs> They're absolutely awful. I mean, also had two tap-ins, essentially, for the first two goals that he scored. Uh, Carrick Travella, I mean, oh, I, can't, I can't stop raving about him. Um, and he's a defect, he's a deceptively strong lad as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the assist he got for Ossiham second, you know, some, obviously, was trying, to defend, trying to barge him out the way, and he was just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked mm-hmm. it through. Um you know, I think they're really, really confident. You had uh, Rui, the left back Rui, uh, who hadn't scored in three years, <laughs> trying thirty yarders yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> getting it. Okay, have a go, have a go. So yeah, he was yeah, having yeah. a go. Uh, and the, the assist for Kovacic's goal was oh, orgasmic. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, it really was exceptional. I mean, uh, I think the way those two, you know, Ozil had and had alone could probably carry them to the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having Ossip had fit, um, I think, assuming he's going to... Uh, did Nigeria qualify for the World Cup? They did. No. no. So there you go. I think given the lad who's had a few injury <clears throat> problems, you know, to go alongside his goal scoring, um, I think having a month off as well, you know, a bit like Haaland over here, I think mm. that'll be a huge... He'll, it'll be very welcome for yeah. him, I think, very welcome yeah. for him because they have kind of been nursing him through games. I think they're constantly nursing him through games. I think that, that rest will be huge for him. I'm going to kind of say my piece, but Adam, what what more can we say about Napoli? Cavana, absolutely. Two assists, two assists and a goal again, right? Yeah. Um, what what where has he come from what is he doing i don't understand i don't understand <clears throat> i just think he spalletti we have to give praise to spalletti he's mm-hmm. got the right elements now he's got the right kind of team spirit going on and i think what's bonkers is me hearing stories about de Laurentiis considering bringing cristiano ronaldo to that mix i mean do- that is just like a bonfire straight away. It's just causing like issues straight away by doing that. But let's just give a huge amount of praise for Napoli in the way they're playing. I mean, the fact that they are able to take up these players with 65 minutes, you know, and still bring on quality off the bench. I mean, last season probably would have said they haven't got the kind of strength and depth, but this season they've been incredible. And yeah, I mean, long may it continue. We, we've been as a pod wanting them to have the Scudetta title. 
it actually looks like it may happen. But look, it's going to be dependent on what form they carry on going into from January onwards. That's where it's going to be critical. Yeah. I think the way Conte is kind of trying to do that Spurs analogy, which probably won't work, um, but it probably mm -hmm. will be key for Napoli. So, like I say, I think they may have to prioritise a few cup competitions yeah. in favour of the Scudetto, but that's where I would probably say that's more worthwhile for not only Napoli fans, but just generally the whole club as yeah. well, because that money will be well needed as well. Yeah, no, I think it's with, with you're right. Like we've talked about the depth and the strength in depth and stuff. And it's mad because it feels like we've said it before, but last year, if Osserman was injured, then Napoli were fucked. And now yeah. he just feels like a bonus. Now he just feels like an extra. And you're like, Oh, if they didn't have... No, but they have got him. <laughs> they have got mm -hmm. Osimhen, and it's on top of everything else. And it feels like, yeah, that, now he's an extra, not like a key ingredient, if you know what I mean. They can yeah. still get by without him, but they've got him, so they'll be more than fine. And I just think his performances are absolutely... He's just ruthless at the minute, absolutely ruthless. He's obviously absolutely loves it there. You can tell that all the yeah. players there are loving playing for that club. There's players there whose careers, like Politano, not many people thought his career yeah. was really going to go anywhere. He's like, not go anywhere, that's a bit rude, but after Inter, they were like, where's he going to go? Where's he? Yeah, and he's exactly. arguably playing better football than he ever did at Inter. Um, and there's just so many of these players, like Lobotka, who was lost for a while, has now become one of the best mm. midfielders in the league. And you're like, this as well. Is... Like, he's... Yeah, you know, yeah. Regular starter form, you wouldn't have imagined that back in when he was in England. So, well, no, exactly. Yeah. And this is down to Spalletti's coaching, and this is down to like building a team, building a, a, a team ethic. And look, I think if they can keep, if they can keep certain players fit, and they've still got Anguissa to come back, right? He's not even playing yet. But like without Osserman, they've got Raspadori, yeah. who's just yeah, come yeah. up a level. They've got Simeone yeah. off the bench, who seems to be just bringing in the play. Zelinski, mm -hmm. we haven't even mentioned, for example. Yeah. Lozano's Lozano. got a bit of yeah. as well now, yeah, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Right? It's, um... Well, they've now, I think it's now 16 different players have scored for them this season, which is yeah, mental. <laughs> Absolutely mental. Because in the Champions League, Ustergaard, is it? He barely played. He scored in the yeah. Champions League. And everyone's like, who's this guy? Where's he come from? <laughs> um, so it feels like they literally cannot stop it at the minute. A massive, massive win against Sassuolo. Sassuolo definitely were and are quite accommodating at times. They do love yeah. to concede a goal. <laughs> um, but an impressive, impressive performance from Napoli. Um, elsewhere on the Saturday, um, the other standout games we had, should we talk about Atalanta? Luckman yeah. continuing with another. Absolutely the level of composure behind this goal mm. i was really impressed oh. by um i'm going to start with you adam um atalanta against a difficult game it's a difficult game yeah yeah Empoli it's are not going to be straightforward um, yeah Empoli probably at the wrong end of the table let's put it that way mm -hmm. um they can play a lot better than that showing um that said as you've alluded to lookman just looks like he's assured he's got confidence which is the key behind it because gasparini is basically hot and cold. He'll tell you mm -hmm. straight whether he likes you or he doesn't, right? And he's been brought in to kind of develop Lookman. Lookman just seems a cut above the rest right now. And I think that's the difference in terms of instilling that confidence, trusting a player who has that. And Gasparini seems to always do that. He always seems to get the best out of players that have been probably shown a door at other places, not given that kind of love. 
Um, but behind Kfara, it's been shown that Adela, Adela Merla Lukman is probably the most prolific player in mm-hmm. Serie A in terms of signings this season. So it goes yeah, yeah. to show what a contribution he's made, not just to Atalanta, but to Serie A as well. Mm-hmm. So he's done incredibly well. Um, we have to say Pasalic as well in this game had another fantastic game. He's been one on the door that I shouted a few weeks ago about for the Croatian squad mm-hmm. and uh, Miners as well. He's been doing yeah. quite well. But, yeah, yeah there's so player. many players in that Atalanta squad, a bit like Napoli, that are starting to play really mm-hmm. well. Andy mentioned about those defenders a few weeks ago. And you've just got even Hatton Ball, for example turning up right now Merla who's obviously on the cusp of the Denmark squad as well so there's a lot of players there that are looking to get the form at the right moment now and that's great for Atalanta because I didn't expect them to be in this position so fair play to them I know, and it's like a huge win for them considering the context of the weekend. It was a really yeah. important win for them. Um, especially as the penalty was missed as well, which was an yes. opportunity maybe for Empoli to get back in the game. Empoli started pushing, and I thought, okay, Atalanta, this is your test here. And they're showing a bit more maturity. Like, Andy, you've talked about it before, but their defence, they've still only conceded eight goals. This isn't something we often linked with Atalanta in the past. No, I think I think they've learned to adapt. I think in the knowledge that I think maybe because you can't play with that same intensity with mm-hmm. the things just so close together, I think what you're seeing is a little bit more pragmatism. Yeah. A little bit, you know, rather than going hell for leather as entertaining as that is, it's a bit more right. We need to we've got a last from start to finish this season. Um obviously with Atalanta having a poor season last year, uh, I don't think they're involved in Europe this year, are they? So no. They've, they've got the opportunity to be able to play their best 11 week in, week out. Uh, I think, and that, you know, with less having less games, I think could help them with the top four finish. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you factor in the struggles of, um, you know, your struggles of Juve, um, Milan, you know, both Milan clubs haven't quite hit that level of consistency just yet. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's as good, good time as any uh, for them at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find it really interesting that they're shifting away from like, because Zapata and Muriel were always so key for them. Mm. And when they were injured, when they weren't scoring, you're like, okay, Atalanta have got nothing. There's nothing now, there. Now, yeah. Yeah, now they've got a few options. And even players like Borga, who I'm a big fan of, still hasn't scored for Atalanta. It's a bit mad. And you're like, wow, come on. Like, this guy was incredible at Sassuolo. But I think they're very quickly able to address issues. And they're very like their recruitment is so good that a problem is never really a problem for long. I feel like they mm. always have a player where like, okay, we'll just get that player, or they'll bring someone through, and you're like, okay, they are kind of they're always managed to fill holes in the squad and sort problems quite quickly. And we're seeing them evolving definitely. I think you're right, Gasparini is getting a bit more pragmatic and a bit more like, okay, we can't sustain this for a season. We've learned <laughs> over the past five years that it falls apart at some point. But this was a really just sensible win against a decent Empoli side who, Adam, you're right, are, should be higher up the table, I think. Mm-hmm. They're much better than their position suggests, I think. Uh, but a huge win for Atalanta there. Um, still on the Saturday, I think we're going to go with um, Juventus. Juventus, there are... Guys, there's always reason for hope. No matter <laughs> what situation you're in, there's always reason for hope. And Juve have managed to find... well. They've yeah. been there the whole time. They've managed to play some young players that are showing a little bit of promise. Now, one of them is another English player who's playing abroad who looks crazy exciting who we're going to get onto. But first, we're going to talk about 
only because he's got a great name as well, Fajoli, <laughs> whose Fajoli. name in English means beans. It's a great name, <laughs> Mr. Beans. Um, and Adam, what have you seen of Fajoli or Mr. Beans, as we're now going to have to Mr. call him? Mr. Bean, yeah. What have I you mean, seen of him so far and what's impressed you with him? I think he reminds me a lot of Del Piero, dare I say, mm. and that's a nice. play he has actually advocated as his idol. Um, a lot of people have kind of likened him to Dybala as well. Um, mm. It's still very early, very early stages. Yeah. I mean, that was his first appearance on Saturday against Lecce. Um, oh, but he has Jesus. got a fantastic touch on him. He, You know, mm. we talked about Moretti earlier in the season, but for Jolly, it just looks another player that seems to have this kind of confidence that he can just put it off. And it just baffles me that Allegri isn't going for the youth right now. Why is he kind of leaving it right now? You, you know, he sent off Rivella, for example, to Monza, whereas actually he's probably a better answer than, dare I say it, you know, Paredes, Rabio. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could really build a really good squad. And this is the frustrating thing, I think, for Juventus fans now, is they're starting mm-hmm. to see these players coming through right now probably Nedved is kicking himself because he wants someone to develop and nurture these players and get them playing because he sees them as the future for this club. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of money has been spent. That's the only unfortunate thing, which I don't think they can recoup right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going to be tough going into kind of January transfer window period because I think they're going to have to shift off more bodies than they care to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, fantastic to see these players. And I was going to mention, obviously, Samuel Illing Jr., who um, they brought in from Chelsea's Youth Academy. So, again, another... Of course, youth every exciting young Chelsea, player. Right? Every exciting young player. Yeah, from Chelsea and then gets good somewhere else. But, Andy, I saw him come on in the Champions League and straight away I thought, oh, my God, who is this guy? Like, and two assists now in his first two games, right? And just completely changed the energy of Juventus. Is this another player that England can be excited about? I'm pretty excited about him. I mean, you're probably, we'll probably, Gareth Southgate will probably ignore him, not know who he oh, is. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. either, well, you know, I'm not sure if he's eligible elsewhere, but he'll find a Scottish grandmother down the back of a sofa and he'll have 50 caps by the time he's 25. Uh, but um, no, I think, you know, like with, um, you know, obviously with Luckman and, um, a couple of the Scottish lads as well mm-hmm. playing over um, Henderson and obviously Hendry, Hendry, yeah. was Hendry. Doig as well I think and you Doig, had obviously yeah. Aaron Hickey I think there, yeah, I think yeah. Italy um, is becoming a place where you can get opportunity mm-hmm. um, and I think with Allegri I think he's stuck a bit between a rock and a hard place I think he wants to use experienced players to get him up the hellhole he's in but I feel like one way to get fans back on side is if the results aren't going your way, but if you play some youngsters who are trying to do something, people will try people will yeah. back you for that because they're not they're not gonna get on the backs of a 17, 18, 19 year old no. typically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you've got seasoned professionals underperforming week in, week out, and you know, that's that's why they're in the position that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I still think you know, signing Paredes when they had so much unnecessary midfielders as it was um and Di Maria yeah. was just a vanity signing to mm-hmm. keep people happy yeah, yeah. I think look, as is often the case we've seen it at our own clubs Andy where often 
when you're stuck in a rut with a bang average squad, turning to the youth system is not a bad idea. Mm. Um, you've got players who are excited. They want to fight for the shirt, all those cliches. They're not scared, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I think this is another sign now that like Juve need to do this. I think, um, yeah, you're on a hide into nothing anyway this season. Like if you don't qualify for the Champions League with those old players that are just winding people up. You're only going to make it worse. If you get close and don't qualify, but with young players, people will be more patient. People will forgive you a bit more. And I think, um, yeah, I would be excited for Juve to try and do that. All I know is that it's not very Juve to bring through youth projects. I can't (laughs) think of many players who have actually come through the youth academy at Juve and gone on to perform a lot. I think Chiellini... Maybe, but I kind of think he was brought in. I he was brought check. in, yeah. Yeah, um, the only one I can think of really is Del Piero. So they're not really, it's not really much of the club's um, ethos, really. But there's some exciting players there. Hopefully they get a start. Fagioli, Miretti um, and Illing Jr. And you're right, Ravella at Monza all look like bloody good players. So hopefully mm. Illing Jr. gets a few more chances because in the Champions League, he genuinely, the second he came on, I was like, whoa, who is this guy? Um, he was actually running and looked like he gave a shit, which didn't make him stand <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, exciting times. Another young English player going abroad to get the opportunities. Hopefully we'll see more of him in Serie A. They did, in fact, beat Lecce 1-0. Quite fortunate. I thought Lecce weren't terrible. It was a bloody boring game, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> Lecce were a little bit unlucky. Um, we're yeah. going to move on to, I think, well, to wrap up the Saturday, we've got to talk about Inter and oh, Fiorentino was Sunday. Barella, Andy, you oh, wanted Barella. to talk about Barella. I just feel like we need a Nico Barella appreciation moment. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, the to- I've, I've I don't think I've seen a touch and finish that emphatic uh, for a long, long time. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And um, I mean, especially at, to run at pace, take mm-hmm. it, get it perfectly in air, not break stride and just absolutely slam it without a care in the world is absolutely incredible. And I think uh, what you're seeing now is Brennan's already a fantastic player, yes. yeah. uh, but he's now mm. adding a few more goals to his game. You know, he's, he's got five. Yeah. He's got five and twelve this season. Where if you put it into context, he only got seven in the previous yeah. three seasons. And like I said, mm-hmm. goals are not everything. That was never primarily his game. But the fact he's getting up the pitch more, adding that makes him an even more complete yeah. player. Um, which is you know all the benefit for Italy in terms of the Italian national team mm-hmm. and for as a whole. So I don't think he strikes you as the kind of guy that would be massively keen to leave Italy. Uh, um, no. I, I'd I'd be, no. Yeah, I'd be surprised <laughs> if you left Inter, honestly. I'd be surprised yeah, if you left I think Inter. It, and yeah. So with that in mind, I think although they'd be interested in because I think he'd suit, you know, certainly in England with uh, the style he's got. But yeah, I think... I'd have uh, him at Arsenal in an absolute heartbeat. Jesus yeah. Christ. I absolutely oh. love him as a player. Love him as a player. But mm. I do also love him as a person. After the goal, yeah. the first thing he did was run over to Lukaku and apparently said to him, that's how you control the ball. Because they all <laughs> yeah. got him in training, which I did really, really like. Um, he is... <laughs> He's a bit of a lad, Barella. I think everyone yes, remembers yeah. the picture of him after the Euros. He's meeting the British private. Yeah, he's got Prime a trick Minister, in his hand. Yeah. Beer, massively hungover. Like, he absolutely <laughs> loves it, Nicola. Absolutely loves it. What a guy. But Inter, in full form, Adam. Inter yes. back. I think they're starting to look good again. 
They do. And the interesting thing is all linked with Chalanoglu, who is like yeah. now adapting a different role. So Brozovic obviously being off. So he's taken that role, which is seemingly a working for Inter. It seems to be working better than maybe Aslani was kind of primed for that position. Yeah, yeah. And that's the interesting thing. It seems like Mikatarian's now turning up for this team 11. And you're seeing like just it seems like a lot more just gone down by the wayside. They seem a lot more confident on the ball. They seem like they're a bit more direct. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what you can credit, but yeah, Barilla's form is obviously part of it. Martinez in the last few mm -hmm. weeks has been good. Bastoni, for example, is yeah. looks a lot more stronger at the back. And obviously Onana being in goal, you know, you haven't got Flappy Handanovic at the back. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot more confidence in that back line and it's like steaming. You can see the whole team seems to be behind this momentum right now. Maybe at the wrong time, though, because, you know, only a few days before the World Cup starts yeah. and that. Now they could do with a more game run but that said i'm sure simeone inzaghi is loving the facts about you know getting form getting these points on board and they're not that far off from the top three now no, so no. that's the most promising thing one mm -hmm. thing though on this game stankovic obviously returning back um he also embraced Barella at the full-time whistle and he also praised Lukaku because apparently Lukaku yeah. has taken his sons under his wing mm -hmm. gave some yeah, advice yeah. and helped him so yeah a lot of love in for Lukaku despite Barella's joke uh, to him after <laughs> I, do, but, I yeah. love that I, I just I just love that they're willing to take the piss out of him in public so I think I do like Ron but I think every so often he probably needs taking down a peg yeah. or two <laughs> um but and but it is genuinely hard to over estimate how much Stankovic is loved at Inter. Like, they oh, yeah. absolutely worship him. He will be manager of that club one day. Like, it is going to happen. It was great to see him back there. Um, we have to say the Curva Nord were, like, very quiet this week on purpose. The head of the Curva Nord yeah. died this weekend. It was, like, a huge, oh. really strange atmosphere at the Solid stadium, atmosphere. but they managed to show their love to Stankovic. Um and I think you have to give credit to Simone Inzaghi. He has he looked like he was maybe on the way out, and he's yeah. adapted his tactics and he's coached this team through that rough patch, got them back on, got them back on a run. And mm. like you said with Chalonogo, I don't think anybody really saw him as that holding midfielder kind of no. role. I didn't, I didn't no, see him I being able to do that. Him, but I think uh, dropping Handanovic finally, <laughs> that probably, definitely yeah. helped. That definitely I mean, helped. I mean, I mean he got yeah. to a point where having uh, every time we talked about an inter game, it's like, yeah, Handanovic should have done better. I think yeah. uh, the last time they lost against Roma, he was in goal, yeah. and again, yeah. you think then. Really? <laughs> yeah, this guy still. Well, Tommy used to always say, "I might as well have a broom in goal. Just lean it up." In the goal. <laughs> like I, I had an exchange with a friend of the show, Uncle Sharma, uh, this weekend, and he was just talking about how nice it is to see an interkeeper coming out and catching crosses. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah." The first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, damn! I've not seen that in the San Siro <laughs> since I got here." Like, yeah, it is mad the difference he's made to that team, but Inter creeping back up and they will be in the conversation post world cup it was vital that they got back in form they now have won their last four looking good at the san siro going to sunday there's only really two games we can talk about um adam i'm gonna let you choose which game are we going for first Let's start off with Lazio, Lazio and Salernitana, because Ooh. that was a huge result. But we obviously have to talk about the other goal of the season contender, which was from Kandareva. He equalised oh. for Salernitana. And what a touch. For 30, what a I touch. think he's 37-year-old. 
just like he's doing better than me at that stage to be fair just to control and dink it over the goalkeeper magnificent i mean if that was in the premier league we'd be lauding yeah. this we'd be lauding yeah, this yeah. because of his age the grace the, just incredible sampdoria how stupid do they feel now that they let him go on a free transfer yeah. Given yeah, the performances from last season, he was incredible last season for them. He was great and for him last season. He was yeah, great. Yeah. So that was baffling for me. But yeah, incredible result for Salernitana, given the circumstances. Lazio obviously don't have a mobile right now. Mm. And they had benched Sergei Malinkovic-Savic. Comes on, gets the yellow card. So he's going to be missing for the Derby de Ta- <laughs> uh, Capitale even. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's incredible. But yeah, Lazio a former self of themselves, you know, mm. in terms of their performance, it was not great from Lazio. Um, again, well, I feel is, they're yeah. going to yo-yo this season. They're going well, to this yo-yo. is what we've kind of said about Lazio before we cursed them. We've kind of said they're like hot and cold, hot and cold, hot yeah. and cold, right? I have to say about the Candreva goal, it gave me massive Berbatov vibes. I could really oh, see Berbatov yeah. scoring that yeah, goal. Yeah, just the silkiest touch and the arrogance to just knock it over. I was like, Oh, what a beautiful goal. I really, really enjoyed that. But I wanted to also talk about Dia, who has come into Salernitana and been absolutely unbelievable. They brought him in from Lons, I think, in France. And he's originally on Lons. Villarreal. He was in France. He's on loan from Villarreal. He got five goals and five assists in uh, La Liga last year. He's already got, I think it's five goals and two assists this year for Salernitana. He started really well. And I just think this is a team that looks very comfortable in the division. All of a sudden, they look from from where they were last Christmas, right? So I was looking at the table. At this point last year, after 12 games played, they had seven points. At this point now, after 12 games, they have um, 16 points and they're in 10th place. And they've won three of their last five. Like, this is a team that has been turned around very quickly. The business they brought in, it wasn't mad business. No. They brought in a sensible. few players. Sensible. They brought in Bahinen, Lars Bahinen's son, yes, for um, yeah, Premier yeah. League fans. Um, and they brought in a few just steady players, like Kandreva, a bit of experience. And Kjontek, they just look yeah. really comfortable and like a team that can surprise people. And look, Lazio, like we said, they are hot and cold, but what a performance from Slenitana. For Lazio, it's just concerning. And it's just... Just yeah. as you think you're getting momentum, so they before this game they unbeaten in four, won four of the last, won three of the last four, and it just sums up that kind of inconsistency we see we see with Lazio yeah. so so often. Now they're going to win next weekend, obviously. <laughs> of course, but, they are, yeah, yeah. But I feel like this was just a huge a huge win for Salernitana. How do we feel about Lazio, Andy? Um, are they missing Immobile too much? Milinkovic Savic not starting is a big one. I think I think there's just like inconsistency. It's not even between matches; it's between games. Yeah. Um, it, it, like against Southern Natal, they started off really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, also yeah. see one of the worst one-on-one misses I've seen in a while. Yeah, 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 I yeah, mean, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, if that happened last play FIFA or something, I'd be throwing the controller at the wall. Uh, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but that's the thing, though. I think unlike with the teams around them. They need their key personnel to perform. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah, don't yeah. have the depth to be able to withstand a few, you know, drops mm-hmm. in form. Uh, they're not the team that can win ugly as a, yeah, a, as yeah, yet yeah. on the yeah. basis. And I think that's what they're really lacking. And I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately what yeah, yeah. you know that's what's going to probably mean they they settle for you know 
in the Europa League places between like fifth and seventh or eighth, maybe that's probably where they'll end up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they still at the end of the day, they have won still won three out of their past five games, like they've only lost twice this season. So I think yesterday could just go down to a really, really bad day at the office, and mm-hmm. uh, you'll see what happens with them. Obviously, they've got the uh. Derby Capital uh, this weekend. That's a massive game for them. Um, they've also got, you know, before the, uh, the break for the World Cup, their last game is Juve away. Uh, so they've got two Gross. massive, yeah, massive games massive. sandwiched yeah. in between Monza, which, let's be honest, that's a must win for them, given the other games they've got happening. Um, yeah. So it's a, big, it's a big, big couple of weeks for them. Because um, if, they, if they win, you know, two out of those three games, or at least hold... Roma and Juve, you know, even to a draw, they've yeah, not really good lost. result. Yeah, yeah. they've, they've yeah, not yeah, lost. Yeah. They've not lost anything. Um, yeah. They've they can sort of consolidate themselves as long as they beat Monza. So I mm. think they'll look at it as a fight. All right, they've had a couple, you know, a bit of a dodge before we get Salah Latana, but we do have a chance to recover over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And with Roma and Juve, you know, having their own issues. Um, yeah. yeah. I think. Two very inconsistent teams as well. Yeah, very yeah. It's just teams. a yeah. it's just a collection of inconsistent teams. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll probably both need a win, but end up getting a draw. So quite it's a typical quite sorry possible. ball, sorry ball all over. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. But we do need to very quickly talk about Sakanyi as well. Yes. Unbelievable season he's having. He's now got five goals and four assists. <laughs> um, in 12 games, in 16 games, five goals, four assists, absolutely killing it. A player that I'm not sure people expected to do so well when he came back from Verona, but having a very, very good season. Nice. I think we're now going to go to the last Serie A game, which was the big surprise of the evening. They couldn't beat Juventus, but they did Juventus a favour by beating Milan. And it is, of course, Torino 2, Milan 1. I did not see this coming, Adam. What what happened? I thought Milan were finally getting a bit of form together, but they've really dropped the ball there. Yeah, no. Torino, uh, just a mention about the crowd. They look so up for this match. Before mm-hmm. the game kicks off, I, I, I've never seen Torino's fans go this like ecstatic for a match. They were so up for this. Jurich mm-hmm. seemed fire up or fired up for this match. And um, it could have gone the, the other way, in fairness. Liao had two chances in the first five minutes. He flapped at one. Um, so if he'd taken one of those chances, you could have seen a different result. But as it was, a uh, fantastic ball through from a free kick. Gigi heads it. I mean, there seems to be some something in the middle of that kind of defence where they're not comfortable at the moment in Milan. So mm-hmm. Gabia, for example. I've never really rated him in the last few matches. I think he needs to be yeah. dropped. Yeah, I don't think Kalu. he was a particularly fans of him. I think we spoke about previously nah. and yeah. it's a bit... Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But then Kololu should have maybe done better in that situation. Mm. Anyway, minute later, Miranchuk then scores. Tata Rosano, again, shouldn't be playing in goal, I'm afraid. But again, yeah. fantastic goal taken by Miranchuk. And to be fair, Torino just looked like they controlled a match. They controlled it. Given the calibre of players, you know, the difference in levels between Torino and Milan, it was incredible to see how well drilled Torino were. They controlled it. This is something that they missed in the Juventus match, which is a shame, really. Um, Mm. But yeah, they almost gave it away. I don't know what the hell Milinkovic-Savic was doing coming out 
letting Junior Macias tap in essentially the goal to give Milan a glimmer of hope. But given that, you know, they still had a 15-minute spell. They defended really well because I can't tell you of any chances that Milan had in that last sort of 50 minutes, even into injury time where it should have been five minutes. They played yeah. an extra three minutes still after that because, <laughs> yeah, for some reason there was a ball that was brought onto pitch and they played on with another ball. So they had to kick the ball out to size yeah, and apparently two minutes had to be given on. But uh, regardless... Fantastic result for Torino. They well deserve that. Um, and yeah, they're in ninth position, which fantastic for Torino. It's it's crazy to think because their start to the season was chaotic to say the least, with the manager fighting the director of football and all sorts of shenanigans going <laughs> yeah. on behind the, behind the background. It looked like it was not going to be a happy season for Torino, but they could. They, they've still got a little bit of quality in that team. They've still got those odd players where you get excited about. Moranchuk is a very, very good player. Yeah. Voivoda is a very good player. They've got some exciting players there. Um, I think for Milan, we're kind of seeing towards the end of games, they do run out of ideas. Yeah, yes. I feel like they yeah. don't have that other way. Once it's not... And it's weird because I think last season, was it towards the end of last season, they kept coming from behind or they were winning by one goal. And you're like, Scratch, okay, they're yeah. finding a way, they're finding a way. At the minute, it feels like they're not able to find that way. And when Liao misses chances like he did at the beginning, you were like, well, this is definitely going to come back and bite you in the arse here because yeah. you're not that... The team doesn't have that level of belief, I suppose, it had exactly. at the end of last season. It just feels like they've run out of ideas. And yeah, it was fairly comfortable for Torino towards the end. It wasn't as nervous as I expected no. it to be. Um, yeah. No, I was yeah, just going to say, Brahim yeah, Diaz, which you mm -hmm. guys mentioned last week with Piero, he had a really ominous game. You, yeah, he was yeah. marked out of the game. That's another curse. Yeah, yeah. There you go. The curse continues. <laughs> yeah. But yes, um, to be fair, I couldn't see any of the midfield really take a hand of this mm. game. Even Tonali seems a bit quieter than usual. Yeah, yeah. They had to bring on Benacer. And again, maybe they're missing that kind of impact in the middle of the park. I don't know. It's hard to say. Liao, again, hit and miss again this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he comes in and out of games. I feel like he comes in and out of games. And again, last year he hit a point where everything he everything he hit Definitely was going touched, in. Yeah. And I just feel like now it's just a little bit up and down, a little bit up and down, like the team, right? But yeah, huge win for Torino, um, which for the table means that Napoli are now five points clear at the top of the table. Only Atalanta keeping slight pace with them. Napoli still unbeaten. 10 wins and two draws insanity. Atalanta second on 27 and Milan third on 26. It all gets a bit tight then, all the way down to seventh. Juventus is 22 points. And sadly, Udinese are kind of finding yeah. themselves getting pushed out back where they belong now. <laughs> a few draws, not quite getting the goals they got before, and they found themselves down in eighth. But a big weekend in Serie A, a great weekend. But now... It's time to go to the Premier League. And we can only really start with Leeds. Um, what a result at Anfield. Andy, do you want to take us through this performance? I mean, yeah. I mean, before going into the game, Jesse Marsh was under a lot, a lot of pressure. I think we said on the, uh, the last live show that the last thing you need when you're under pressure is a, is a, game, is a game away against Liverpool. Um, but I think that's the kind of you, 
that was the kind of performance overall that you only put in when you, you're behind the manager yeah. 100%. You know, if there's a bit of dressing room um, in fighting and all that kind of stuff, you don't put in that performance. Um, but I think for Liverpool's point of view, I think a few what have started to come quite familiar failings at this point. Um, I mean, the defending for the opening goal for Rodrigo was just atrocious all round um it's the sort of stuff that they weren't doing you know even a year mm. ago to be honest um and they're in a bit of a um tough spot uh because i know like for example gomez was getting a lot of praise after the result against manchester city but he's sort of gone back to default mm. again yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've always felt with gomez he's okay as a rotational option but mm. if you if you if you've got the ambitions of you know competing at the R7 for trophies. I just don't think Gomez no. is quite at a level. I know it sounds weird to say because he's already technically won the Premier League and the Champions League and that kind of stuff, but I feel like the injuries have held him back and he hasn't really yeah, yeah. improved. Um, so, and I think at midfield, especially, they're looking so, so lightweight. I think Fabinho looks quite heavy. He's um, not even that old, Fabinho. No, I watching I, him play, and this is going to sound rude, but watching him play, I thought he was like 35. Yeah. And then I was like, the guy's 29. Like, well, there's been, there's been some, um, you know, we, we don't, some conspiracy theories that, right, right, right. that came out of when he was at the Is Mail it a car new job? Is it like, yeah, yeah, I'm 32. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there was a picture that came out where, um, he was at 19 when he was at Real Madrid at the time. Oh, I, I completely so... forgot what he even played for Real Madrid. And you're looking yeah. at it thinking, oh, I don't want to get into these conspiracy theories, but... That <laughs> is know. not a 19-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you're think... right. The midfield has aged five years in six months. It's insane. Yeah. Like, And they were just completely outrun this game. I felt like you're right about Jesse Marsh under horrific amount of pressure. Those players absolutely battled for him. And I feel like what I really like is that when Leeds play how he wants them to play, they're very entertaining. I, like, mm. I don't know what you think, Adam, but I really enjoyed watching that style of football. It's quick, it's frenetic, it's yeah. like passionate, it's tackling, it's like exciting. If Patrick Bamford could hit a barn door, it might be a bit more exciting. But what do you think about Leeds' full flow? It's great to see, right? Yeah, I think he's evolved that Bielsa style of football, a mm -hmm. bit more pragmatic at times, I think. But maybe also he's got the players with him that are pushing Leeds a bit more as well. So he's got a bit more youthful players that are giving a bit more energy to that style of play. And Notto, which I'm sure you're going to rave about oh, in the minute. He's was next he on was my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aronson, which I raved yeah. in Salzburg, for example. But they've got some really interesting players. He knows a few of them from his Red Bull days. So he's brought in plays that he trusts, which is the yeah. important thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting that he started to get momentum now at a time that he needs, really. Um, like you've highlighted, though, it's the goals that are going to really be critical for him. So I suspect yeah. a striker is on that list for January. But whether he gets someone that is slightly better than Bamford, because Bamford mm -hmm. has some benefits, right? We've talked about it a few weeks ago where he can chase down balls. He can make it really awkward. I think he showed it against Arsenal. Where he changed he the game against Arsenal. Three. He completely Easy. changed the game against Arsenal. Genuinely, like we yeah. couldn't handle him at all. And I think, yeah, I think... Bamford's one of those interesting ones. I feel like him and Bielsa are one of those player managers that just got the best out of each other. If you know what I mean, yeah. they just 
Bielsa managed to get the best out of him, and I don't know if it'll work with another manager. Um, I hope it does because I like him. I like him as a player. Of course, like he has come back for like long term injury as well. He like, has. Yeah. He barely yeah. played last season, yeah. um, I think he's one of those players where he needs a runner game to get yeah. get himself back on. So I think yeah. he's still capable of knocking out double figures this season mm-hmm. if he stays injury free. I think it's just a bit of patience, and unfortunately, yeah. I think I think the only thing that. Um, I feel bad criticizing him for, but I think Leeds fans, I know it's easier said than done because I'm not a I'm not a Leeds fan, so maybe I'm completely out of touch, but we do need to eventually move past the Bielsa era. I know how much of a connection they had yeah, to the yeah. guy, but it feels like um, you know, they have less patience because it's Jesse Marsh in the dugout, not yeah. Marcelo Bielsa. Um, yeah. and yeah. I think, you know, I think because t- they turned on him quite a bit. Um, you know, I also think game. eight games without a win, Bielsa would have was under the same pressure after eight uh, eight games without a win. I just feel like they, I know what you mean. They they weren't emotionally ready to 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 get rid of Bielsa, and I think they're still yeah. not emotionally ready to get rid of him. Um, but I think the Leeds fans I've kind of interacted with or that I read online and stuff, they all seem fairly level-headed and they, they know the level they're at. They're going to be fighting relegation. They need a few more years before they can get like stable. But you've, you, you went onto it, Adam, with the young players. And I think Aronson is incredibly exciting. What a player mm. that guy is genuinely like really technically very good, very exciting. But we've talked about an exciting young Englishman in Italy. Now it's an exciting young Italian in England. Now people who've watched the Azzurri, We'll know how exciting this guy is. He made his debut for Italy in his first couple of games. He got a goal and assist, changed games. And the second he came on, I was like, here we go. Liverpool are in trouble now because he is just going to be like a grenade thrown thrown on that wing. The last thing you want is 70 minutes, whatever it was, if you're a knackered fullback, is that guy running at you. And he just straight away got that space, got the ball across the box. Unbelievable ball. And a great finish from Somerville. I called him Summerfield on Twitter, but Somerville, I know, I know his <laughs> name now. Um, a, gr- a lovely little first touch and finish um, mm. to secure the win. But another player who stood out for me, and he was from Salzburg as well, I think, is the centre-back Christensen. He yes, had right back. an yeah, yeah. unbelievable game. I feel like he stopped everything that came that came through, fully committed. He had like the cut on his head. He looks <laughs> terrifying. I was like, this guy is a serious defender. Like, And I feel like, yeah... Maybe that summed up the kind of grit and the the support that he has. Like we said, that those players do want him there. The players are playing for him. And that is like a result that could really be a landmark for Leeds. Now, it's key that they go for their next game That's and they follow up. that up. Because if you don't follow that up, then it's a complete waste. They've got Bournemouth at home. They have to get a yeah. win there now to be like, right, we've got past this. If they go and lose that now, you might as well have lost it. If you know what I mean? It's like you need mm-hmm. the momentum. But the away end, the Leeds away end. Oh, the absolute limbs, oh, wasn't it? God. It was just like, <laughs> I, was, limbs. <laughs> I was like, I want to be there now. I just want to be in that away end. It would be so much fun. Jesus Christ. It looked like the best place on earth to be. I really, really did enjoy that. That away end at Liverpool is great for limbs as well. Because it's right next yeah. to the goal. It's always great for limbs, I think. I think I think um, Leeds are also, I think they've, Bournemouth is a massive, massive game for them. It's mm. at home. Uh, the two league games they've got after is obviously got they've got Tottenham away before Oof. the uh, which is their last game for the world for the World Cup. Yeah. And then when they come back, they've got a nice easy game against Manchester City at oh, home. Oh, God. So <laughs> it's it's wow. a it's you know 
That is a top Holland fresh off his holidays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be an interesting return as well yeah. for his old band as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Manchester nice. City. And I know he's got a little bit of a connection to Yorkshire as well. So that would be, they'd be calling it the Harland Derby. The Harland Derby. <laughs> exactly. The Harland Derby. That would be a fun one to watch. But, you know, three points against Bournemouth takes them above Bournemouth, above mm-hmm. West Ham and Everton, and gives them a little bit of a buffer potentially against, mm-hmm. um, you know, the likes of Leicester who are starting to, although they're mm. still in the relegation zone, they've got a little bit, starting to get a bit more momentum. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think getting getting an extra three points for the World Cup, I think, will buy Jesse Marsh a bit of time. Because if the loser gets Bournemouth, then they've got six weeks to skew mm. on it. Um, it's yeah. going to be a bit difficult. Yeah, they've got a real, like, and they still do have a, yeah, they have a game in hand on the teams around them. That really has lifted them, like, okay, it is crazy close down there. Like, only four points separate, what, um, 19th and 12th. Um, So it's crazy close down there, but it has lifted Leeds a little bit, giving them a bit of breathing room. Good to see, beautiful win. Really heartwarming post-match interview from Somerville as well. Just seems like a really nice kid. Mm -hmm. It was the day before his 21st birthday. Beautiful scenes, beautiful, beautiful scenes. Sorry, Liverpool. Absolute disgrace of a performance from Liverpool. <laughs> Genuinely disgraceful performance. Um, I just wanted to give Leeds their flowers more than just talk about how bad Liverpool were. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on in the Premier League, and I'm going to take my time. We've had Lord Bentner, but now Lord Nelson finally <laughs> has returned. After two years, three years in the wilderness, he was sent out to Holland. He comes on. And he scores as many goals as Jaden Sancho has in eight minutes. And I love it. He's right back. I love, the, unnec- I love the unnecessary strays there. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> dig there. There's a That's... little dig there. Ooh. A little dig there. But what a performance from Arsenal. 5-0. It feels like forever since we've actually battered a team. It felt like, honestly, I was like, if we... Forest. Who just beat Liverpool when we went one nil up off the table and get on a minus twenty goal difference? Like. I'm still taking it. I'm still taking it because we have not battered a team in a very long time. And even when it was one nil, I was like, okay, boys, right now, just start piling the goals in. But we didn't. <laughs> Half time, it was one nil, and I was like, frigging hell, we did this against Southampton. We couldn't kill the game off, and we're going to end up conceding an equaliser. I've seen this game before, but the second half we came out and within. 10 minutes, we scored three, four goals. Beautiful. Job done. I just felt like it was a real... Um, you could see the tension in the Arsenal team at the beginning. You could see that they were... We hadn't lost, but we'd had a few disappointing performances and results. Um, and it just felt like you saw them get their confidence back as the game went on. Nottingham Forest were awful. They didn't do anything. They didn't pressure. They didn't run. They didn't tackle. They did tackle. They injured fucking Bakayo Saka within two minutes. So <laughs> good work. Um, I think all they did was try and kick us off the field. But I think it was a really, really disappointing performance from Forrest. After what we'd seen against Liverpool, the commitment and the, you know, t- the cohesiveness, the togetherness, it just wasn't there. Um, but what did you think of the game, Adam? What were your impressions of both Forrest and Arsenal? If we start off with Forest, I think maybe it's too much to expect this team to kind of deliver performance after performance. I mm-hmm. think that was really telling in this game because it seems like Steve Cooper's started to deploy a different style of tactics yeah. from the beginning of this season. 
And it's just not going to happen when you've got players like Steve Cook. No offence to the guy, but yeah, yeah he's not going to be able to do it. I mean, he lost Martinelli for that first goal. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's very hard. I know they spoke about it on Match of the Day about the fact that it's very hard for a defender to react. But, yeah, someone that is a bit more, like, maybe pace about them would probably still get something on the mm. end of that. So, yeah, yeah. potentially stop and block that. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough running. I, I think it's back to the drawing boards with Nottingham Forest, I'm afraid. There's going to be certain games like this that are just going to have to have their hands up and yeah. say, we're not going to win this game. Let's just focus on the games that we need to win, mm -hmm. which they should have done at the beginning of this season, it has to be said. Arsenal, great to see them back to winning ways after, like you say, a few disappointing results. Um, I think I'd be more concerned about Saka at this moment yeah, in time, about man. that injury. doesn't look too great. I remember him trying to take a volley, I think, after he got injured, and he didn't look right. No. He just didn't look right. Not great for England fans as well, because you're thinking he's a play on form, probably would be in that 11 right now. Yeah. And I feel like there's a... a there's a thing with Saka where, and I know it's it's probably recency bias, and because I watched Arsenal so much, I, I watch all of the games, but it feels like Saka, it's just free season to kick him. Every game, he gets booted up in the air, and he never gets booked. He, like, people never get booked, but he gets booked for diving a lot. And I think there is genuinely that, and there's been a few Arsenal fans talking about it, where they've been like, okay, this Southampton game was a point he got booted about three or four times from their wing backs and it's like, like i know he's a tricky winger but this he's being fouled consistently and when he did try and raise it in the past gerard was like i've had surgery i've got pins and manies you just need to get on with it is that the attitude we need really like oh i'm living in pain so you should as well like, i feel like there's yeah. genuinely a thing of like saka just gets beaten up every single game so this has been coming for a while and when he went down i was like that was his first touch the guy just went straight through the back of him and just booted his ankle. And you're like, ref, come on. I know it's like, you know, you don't want to give a yellow card straight away, but that is a foul. I always remember the one yeah. for Crystal Palace. Um, was it MacArthur? Just booted his standing leg <laughs> and got nothing. And it's like, it happens yeah. all the time with him. And I don't know what it is. But from what I've seen today, it's not as bad as we kind of feared. Arteta says he could be back for the Chelsea game. I'd be tempted to just rest him and be like, okay, just... Yeah. Let's not risk him. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it took a bit of the shine off the game, I'll be honest, because we were all just like, oh, God, if he's injured, then that could be a big miss for us. Yeah. I don't know how we replace him. Um, but a good performance. Back to winning ways. If someone had said to me, by the end of October, you could still be top of the league, I would have bitten their bloody hand off. So I don't care how, where this ends, it is going bloody well, and I'll take it. Um, we're going to move on from Arsenal, because I realise we could end, here, end up here forever. And we're going to give you Andy Rashford. He has reached 100 goals for Manchester United. And I could have sworn that was Ronaldo flying through the air as he headed that ball. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was a cracking header. Um, and I've given Rashford a little bit of shit over the past 18 months, I think. He'd had a bit of a rough time. Um, mm -hmm. I think maybe there was some off-the-pitch stuff that we don't know about that was affecting him. But mm -hmm. he was a player badly, badly out of confidence, you know, even at the start of this season. Uh, but yeah, overall, though, for the academy lad to come through, score 100 goals... 
uh, for his boyhood club, like that is incredible. And uh, he's still only 24 years old, mm-hmm. so he, you That's know, he could, well, he, he could, he yeah. could. I know people, and I've mentioned it before that maybe he isn't the most clinical finisher, and there's still bits of his game to work on. But the fact he's got 100 goals and he's not even like 25 is still a very good achievement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he he's played that's you know, still a good what one in three more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only year. about 20 of them are against Arsenal, so it's not bad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember his debut against... Oh, know, mate. The, <laughs> that was the, horrible. The only, the only reason he played was, uh, was I think, Will Keane at the time uh, was injured. Uh, yeah. So he came... God and damn it, Will. God damn it. warm-up and suddenly he was on the pitch. And then, you know, he scored, he scored his England debut. He scored on his Premier League... Well, Champions League, League debut, debut as well, right? Champions League debut. Yeah. But basically, all of his debuts, he scored a goal in. Um, and yeah, you know, for still somebody who's still a very young lad, he's yeah. achieved, he, he's seen an awful lot at Man United over the years, mm-hmm. and he's still there. And I yeah, think yeah. what's refreshing about it is that he's looking happier again. Mm-hmm. He's looking happier with his yeah. football against West Ham. He was back to like you know, the Rashford of a couple of years ago where he was running at players, committing players. Yeah. Um, and I think with you know, I think he's timed his return to form well enough, uh, made to maybe get on that plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the world, I was Cup. thinking, I was that was going to be my follow up question, really. Does he get on the plane? I was thinking he has think, to be on it, really, I, just as a thing, the experience alone. he's got, the experience think, alone, think, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think not his experience, but you know, let's think about what it should be, which is his, his form, mm-hmm. um, for England, and there's not many left-sided players yeah you know or people who come in from the left playing that well at the moment and uh, especially with the injury problems that there are currently as well i think he's got um he, he's got a chance uh because mm-hmm. last season he scored like four four league goals in 25 games this year he's got you know four in 12 yeah. um he's he's a lot more involved he seems a bit happier so i think hopefully um You'll, I think hopefully that's enough to get him on the plane. I think mm-hmm. in a good World Cup, I think we'll push him along for his club. I think overall, though, um, it was a very gritty performance by Manchester United. It's the sort of game they would have lost that a year ago, 100%. Yeah. Um, I think obviously everyone's a little bit anxious with Harry Maguire coming back into the team, but there wasn't really any alternative. Varane was injured. He's, out, he's basically out to minimum the start of the World Cup. Um, Lindelof pulled up um, shortly, well, ill shortly before the game. Um, and I think he had a bit of a shaky first half, but, you know, I think a lot of people criticised Maguire, but he did, he put in some vital clearances um, mm-hmm. and tackles mm-hmm. in that second half because Skamaka and Antonio are right old handful. Um, and, that, and I can see a little bit of relationship uh, building with him and Martinez because when... Um, he was, you know, he was taking a bit of responsibility, going towards a bigger player, challenge him in the air. Um, and I think, you know, although I don't think he'll be first choice for United going forward, but I think he still, he still could be an asset to Manchester mm-hmm, yeah. United. He's still, a, he's still a good player. I think when we play a good low block, can we need to hold on to a lead and slow it down a little bit? I actually think he's quite good for that. And if mm-hmm. he regains a bit of form, he's still a good centre back. Um, I think it's worth remembering that, like, nothing's going to make him worth 80 million quid, nothing's no. going to make you know, but I think we're well beyond that now. Uh, yeah, but he yeah. can still be a valuable squad player, um, mm-hmm. as long as you get used to it. And I think, aside from that, as well, um, the transformation of Diego Dallo, 
uh, yeah. Diogo Dallas, yeah. I say. I mean, I did not think he had um, a lot of things in his locker, such as pending. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, he yeah. is. And I think what you're seeing with Ten Hag is improving some of the existing mm-hmm. players that are there. Dallas has gone, you know, up tenfold mm-hmm. yeah, in yeah. Uh, this season. Um, yeah, no, I think you're seeing a lot of a lot of impressive performances from players that you didn't expect it from, or you thought maybe their time was done. And that's what Ten Hag's been there to do, right? You just you've got to work with what you've got for a good couple of seasons while you improve yeah. that squad. But I think West Ham as well, I think you've got to give them a bit of credit in the yeah. second half. They threw the absolute kitchen sink yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and I think you saw the best of David De Gea. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he's another one where earlier this season, I think there was a lot of murmurings online that they should have been dropped. You just It was yeah. a point of just try somebody else at this point yeah, after yeah. the first couple of games. But to be fair to him, he started to play out the ball. Like He's not entirely comfortable. but I still get nervous. Well, I get nervous <laughs> when, he, when he's got the yeah, ball. I, I still I'm get, like, I still oh, here we go. Nervous, but yeah. he, one thing he always is and always will be is an amazing shot stopper. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, is, yeah, so, yeah. And some of the phase saves play out was incredible. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Like, there's been a lot of outrage about the fact he's Spain's sixth choice um, goalkeeper. But to be fair, Luis Enrique set out his stall well over a year They've got... months ago. He said literally yeah. in an interview, I want my goalkeepers to play this way because of this reason and because of how yeah. my team to set up. And whether you like it or not, David Haye doesn't fit that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's I don't think really... it makes any difference for United, really. I don't think, no. yeah, you want to say that your keeper's an international, but beyond that, I don't think there's it much really yeah, in it. Exactly. And I think, you know, ultimately, um, I think what I would like to see this season is for David De Gea to have like a fond farewell. Mm-hmm. I want, I would love for him to be able to bow out of a club um, with a trophy or something. Uh, mm. like the FA Cup or something like that, and then maybe bring in like a more modern goalkeeper. But yeah. no, I think the long form De Gea still saves us points. Um, I thought I think the only thing Bruno could potentially have found in that game is I thought Skamaka could have been sent off rather than subbed off, uh, for being honest. Because one of my pet hates is when you know, when someone gets a yellow with something quite soft, but then because they want a yellow and commit another foul. They don't yeah. get yellow. <laughs> it, it yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It's just one of those, always on a yellow now, so I better make sure it's an actual serious foul before I give another yellow. Yeah, um, no, he was. Of... He's always got that in his locker, Skamaka. He's always got that little bit of a, like, yeah, he's Nasty niggle at him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. But there was a few players for West Ham that impressed me. It's the first time I've actually properly sat and watched Kerner. The German, um, yeah, yeah, he, got, yeah, he got a little bit lost at PSG, did he? I mean, I thought he story. had a really good game. I thought he he looked really good on the ball. He had a few yeah. runs. He looked quite composed. I was like, oh, it's a decent little player there. But for West Ham, like, it's not a huge, it's not a huge loss. Good performance going away to Old Trafford is still very difficult, right? I don't think they'll read yeah. too much into it. But we need to because we still haven't talked to this about this game. It's probably the biggest shock of the weekend. Deserby ball arrived <laughs> in England and it's it arrived style. right on time. Right on time. Uh, Graham Potter, with very little self awareness, um, says, I think I have nothing to apologize for. The Brighton fans have no reason to boo me. Yes, but when another club tries to buy your club and everything good about your club, it does tend to harness a little bit of negative feeling. I did enjoy Kukurea getting booed every time he got anywhere near the ball. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he didn't get near the ball often, but when he did, <laughs> he got booed. Um, and Brighton, this is 
deserve to be bold. This is it. When they conceded one, I was a little bit worried they'd then concede another four, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And we saw some exciting players. Um, Mitoma, who we've talked about before, the young Japanese lad, had a great game. And then they just threw on this young Ecuadorian guy, and Cesar, never heard of him, yeah. never seen him before in my life. And all of a sudden, I'm in love. What a player. Crazy exciting. Was running past everything Chelsea threw at him and just an incredible performance from Brighton in general. What a performance. Adam, what did you think of this? I just saw the goals rolling in. They were all own goals, but they still count, right? <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What they did, what they did was exploit what was the weakness of Chelsea, which was they've got no one that can defensively do the duties on the wings. So mm-hmm. obviously the likes of Pulisic and Sterling, they do not track back. So it just no. leaves that defense really exposed with the Zerbi, the way they play the ball. You could see they were just doing pirouettes past these defenders and it was Thiago Silva that had to clear it a dozen times off the line Mm -hmm. I mean it was just phenomenal to see Brighton play in that manner but we have to say Chelsea were terrible absolutely lost like Loftus-Cheek was was covering at centre-back most of the game like it it was was incredible it was incredible I was speaking to the Blues Brothers podcast Charlie off there and he was saying about the fact that he went to the match and he was amazed by how poor they were. He knows yeah. there's a lot of weaknesses in that Chelsea side. He believes that it's going to be this next window where they may see some changes again. Okay. Um, but yeah, Ted Bowley and his theories about... Not like Chelsea to just throw money at a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But <laughs> word on Brighton, amazing. And then Cisio, yeah, he's been a player that was talked up quite a lot um it's taken a, a little while to get him into mm. that squad um but he is a prospect because he came into the ecuadorian national side at yeah. 17 years old yeah. so he's like a huge prospect for this world cup it would be very interesting yeah. to see how he performs on that stage as well but a lot of high hopes on him i think he's a gem because i think they only snapped him up for six million pounds yeah so he's mm. a bargain Already yeah, yeah. I was Ecuador are a team that you need to watch at this year's World Cup, people. They are a very, very, very exciting mm-hmm. team. That guy was ridiculous. Adam, your thoughts on uh, sorry, Andy, God, your thoughts on Chelsea and Brighton the game. How much did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. Oh, I think everyone enjoyed it, didn't they? I mean, it's <laughs> one of the most brilliant <laughs> moments. Uh, you know, Grey Potter has gone to the dark side and turned into a Sith Lord. Um, yeah, but I, I think, uh, but the thing with Chelsea, I think despite the size of Chelsea as a football club, there's still a lot of like square pegs in round holes. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- you know, you're going to concede four goals when you've got Sterling and Pulisic as your wing backs. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are not, they are attackers, not defenders play out of position, uh, which I don't understand. You know, I'm Cucurella. still not even sure I'd classify Pulisic as an attacker at this point. I don't know what he is. <laughs> I don't know what he he's is. Just, he's just there. No, to be fair, when he's played, I think, uh, in an advanced position, I still think he's quite a good player. Um, I think he just gets punted around too much left, right and centre, yeah. so he can't really settle. Yeah. Uh, so I think he gets a bit of a harsh rep for that, because it's not really his fault. He's played under so many managers who have played him in so many positions. Well, none of them settle. like him. Um, I suppose it's a fair point. So maybe none of them like him. <laughs> like, he but, never gets a run, no matter who the manager is. Yeah, I think Cucurella as well, playing him as like a, what is it, left-sided centre-back. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it thinking, yeah. actually, for the amount of money that they spent, Cucurella's a left-sided centre-back out of position. Thiago Silva is pretty old. And Trevor uh, Shalabar 
Is that really a But Thiago top... Silva's still their best defender? He's yeah, still absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. is that really a top four quality defense? Mm. I don't I don't no. think it is, to be perfectly honest no. with you, because no. um yeah. I, I think, think this Chelsea, without... I think sorry, I think Chelsea this year, people are assuming they're gonna finish high because it's Chelsea. I think but... if you look at that squad, it's not no. that great. It's um, not it's not actually if they're if they're relying on Aubameyang, which they are, they're bringing him <laughs> off the bench. I'm, I've got bad news, yeah. guys. I've got bad news. Like, it's, yeah. It, I think, the, and, and that's the thing, though. Like, you know, they, they made some strange transfers as well. I think mm. Dennis Sakaria to come from Juventus. That was almost as strange yeah, yeah. as the Artemelo yeah, yeah. one to Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're like, but why? You've got quite a bit of depth yeah. there. And they let Billy Gilmore go, oddly enough, to Brighton. I thought he might have just at least kept him on the bench if that's what you're going to yeah, be left exactly. with at the moment. Uh, you know, Amanda Brogia, I think there's a lot of promise when you when you had that loads for Southampton. I think there's a lot of potential, but let's be honest, he's still probably two or three years from development away from becoming a regular Chelsea But he player. needs that oh, development. Yeah. He needs, he needs that development. It is, he, he needs, needs game, game time. time, though. But yeah. you're not going to start every week at Chelsea. So Well, I this is the think... thing, Andy. Chelsea fans do want him on the pitch yeah. for whatever reason. He's just not being chosen to play. Like, and I he think there's is too their many answer. midfielders I think there. he is their answer. I think it's right there. I think, like, you have to be patient with him. But if you're patient enough to put up with fucking Alvaro Malata and bloody the curse <laughs> of the number nine that. strikers you've had, you can be... You can be patient enough yeah, with a young lad, if you know what I mean. I think he should be starting. I think he's got; they've got the focal point there, but they insist on playing Kai Havertz. I mean, to be fair, as Havertz, a striker. I don't get yeah, it. He's done all right the past couple of games. Yeah, fair, but he's not like, a striker either. He's not no. a striker. And that's and I think and, and they've that's got what the answer. Full of, yeah, they're full of players playing in the in the wrong positions. Mm-hmm. You know, put Cucurella back at left wing back. Put an actual centre back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah put yeah. Kai Havertz back in. You think uh, maybe Brighton, like Potter, was trying to be a bit too clever going back to Brighton? Do you think he was trying to be like, I'm not just going to beat him. I'm going to like flex on him, as the kids say. Like, yeah, I'm like, going to try and like embarrass him a bit. Yeah, because it felt uh, like he was overthinking it a bit. Yeah, I think he's still maybe working out what is. Um, what his best eleven is, because uh, at the end of the day, he has taken over somebody else's team who are used to playing a completely different way. Yeah. So, yeah, and I yeah. think is it get, same against Manchester United. You know, they were lucky to get a draw out of that ultimately, but yeah. they seem they seem a little bit lightweight and easy to get at. And mm-hmm. Chelsea weren't always, you know, like that really. Um, historically, uh, they've always mm-hmm. been quite rigid. Um, and stubborn yeah. if they weren't particularly good up front and that's what's always got them through so I think um, old Ted is going to have to drop at least another couple of hundred more million pounds to get the players in that to buy the rest the of Brighton Football Club yeah I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's, I really do like it how he's just come in been obsessed with Brighton tried to do everything to buy Brighton and then he, the first loss for their manager is to Brighton. It's just too beautiful. Football throws up these moments, and I absolutely love it. But elsewhere this weekend, we do need to move on very quickly. I don't understand what Tottenham Hotspur are. I can't understand <laughs> it. They are terrible, and they win every game. How does it happen? How does it happen? God damn it, Brighton. Benton Kerr in the 92nd minute to pull them back from 2-0 down. You have to say... They are players who are playing for the manager. They obviously are either terrified or love Conte. I think I'm going to go for terrified. Terrified. If I went 2-0 down to Bournemouth, yeah. I would be fucking terrified. If they're <laughs> that dressing room after I can't minutes. 
even imagine after two losses in a row as well, he must have been losing his fucking mind. Um, <laughs> but they did get the three-two win, and elsewhere, Almiron scored again. Of course, he did. It was a game of football. Almiron scores, and Callum Wilson gets two as Aston Villa revert to type. I think it's fair to say um, <laughs> they had that question, performance. Does Callum Wilson go on the plane? So I think I think he does. I think he, he does. I think he as has long to. as he doesn't get injured. As long yeah. as he doesn't get injured, I mean he's fantastic. Out of the options of Calvert Lewin, Tony, and him, I'd probably say he's above those other two. Calvert Lewin isn't getting a sniff. Think, I'm sorry, it's not yeah, lockdown it's, 2020 anymore. Calvert Lewin isn't there. He's not that guy. Gareth, yeah, but he's this is Gareth, this is Gareth Southgate. He is loyal to a fault, unfortunately. But I think yeah, I think in terms of an all round finisher. Well, just a straight-up finisher. Yeah. I think, apart from Harry Kane, I think Callum Wilson is definitely one of the best finishers uh, that Gareth Southgate has a collection. Yeah. I think Tony adds a lot in his overall game mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of his hold-up play and what he brings to the Penalties, table overall. Yeah. But, Dropping um, deep, he drops deep a lot as well. But at the end of the day, like you know, if Harry Kane needs a bit of a rest, he wants to just score an actual goal, um, a fit Callum Wilson, I think, is a massive asset. Like, six in nine this season. Yeah. Um, it's... You know that's a really, really good return if you're not called Erling Haaland. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we all know that England need accomplished penalty takers, so get him on the bloody uh, plane. It, get him on the plane. Yeah. And Tony's a good penalty taker yeah. as well. That's very um, true. That's very it's Kelly Wilson is. So they've actually, there's actually, uh, you know, I think. Calvert Lewin just needs to sit at home, sit at home, read Vogue magazine, and watch the World Cup on ITV. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm in on that plan. I don't. I it, it blows my mind he's still being linked with it a little bit. The people are like, oh, Calvert Lewin, like guys, it's not. He's called one not goal. Two seasons ago. It's not <laughs> yeah. two seasons. I don't understand why we're still there. Um, but that is the Premier League review. I think Man City won one nil. No Haaland. They no one cares. No, yeah. oh, it was a bang. It was a bang of a goal. By it was a great goal. It was. But a great no goal. one cares. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was a great goal, but my God, that game was terrible. I fell asleep. It was awful. Um, elsewhere, Palace got back to winning ways, beating Southampton 1-0. Brentford versus Wolves, one all. Oh, God, Wolves are so terrible. And <laughs> Fulham versus Everton, nil deal. I love that they chose that as the late kickoff. I oh, fucking gosh. love it. And I was straight away, I was like, this game's going to be terrible. This game's In be fairness, bad. Fulham were trying their best to score goals. But yeah, just a resolute Everton and yeah. Pickford. Pickford will be on that plane as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable keeper. Unbelievable. He always manages to pull it out of the bag somehow, does Jordan. But we've just, we're well over time, guys. But we are going to go to our very quick, very quick, I'm going to jump to you, Adam, Champions League preview with which game should we be keeping an eye on this midweek? Some of them matter more than others. So I'm going to pick two and a group to keep your eye on. So we've got Arsenal Reserves, otherwise known as Marseille versus Spurs, (laughs) and Sporting versus Frankfurt, uh, Frankfurt even. Um, because that group is so tight. So Spurs are currently top on this group by one point above the likes of Sporting and Frankfurt, and Marseille are two points off Spurs. So basically, if Spurs lose, then he are knocked out, but providing Sporting and Frankfurt somehow don't screw it up in terms of goal difference, etc. Um, so that would be a very interesting one. But one for I Wednesday... Mean- God, Sorry, I need to see 94th minute 
Matteo Guendouzi smashing it into the top <laughs> corner just for the absolute level of shithouse scenes. He'll become an Arsenal legend that moment because you know he's doing it loudly when he does it. Oh, I just yeah. need that in my life. I need it. That disallowed Harry Kane goal was fucking hilarious. And I've been watching the videos of the Spurs <laughs> fans ever since in the stadium. But we can move on. We can move on. Yeah. And just quickly, uh, Wednesday, Donetsk versus Leipzig. Mm. So whoever wins out of this one goes into the next rounds. Hopefully Donetsk, fingers crossed, because we want to see Midrick, who is doing yes. fantastically well. Both teams unbeaten. So Donetsk unbeaten in five, Leipzig unbeaten in nine. So could be a very tasty game in Warsaw. And the other game is Milan versus Salzburg. So Milan just have to make sure they don't lose this match. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Salzburg would go above them and qualify for the next stages. So they, those are the games to look out from my point of view. Nice. I'm just going to very quickly jump in with Juve having to get something at PSG in order to not go out of Europe completely. <laughs> Is, uh, now, I know, look, Maccabi Haifa are going to be playing... Um, Wait, I've lot forgot. They're playing Benfica at home. They're probably going to lose. But if Juve lose worse, which, let's face it, is possible, they yeah. could go out of Europe completely. That would be quite funny. Um, any games for you, Andy, that you're thinking you're going to watch this midweek? Well, I, I might just have a cheeky glance to see if uh, Victoria Plazen uh, <laughs> make Barcelona's uh, season even more miserable because... You know, I just, I just want them to suffer as much as possible. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think, that's and fair. I think um, also the potential club Bruges topping a group containing oh, Porto, Atletico Madrid, and Leverkusen, who they've got their last game. I think that is one heck of a story uh, for Belgian football as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they um, really did decide to concede goals, though. Eh, they conceded yeah. one, and then they all went in. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, and also I think there's also a potential El Sacchio, um which, between Rangers and Ajax. Um, both yes. both having yes. uh, both managers are on the ropes a little bit. A stat came out the other day. I think it's from that European lad who's on Twitter, mm-hmm. a massive Ajax fan. Um, he's I think good saying, very good. Yeah, follow. he's good follow because he knows he knows his shit. To be fair to him, um, I think Ajax have conceded as many goals already. In the league, as they did in the entirety of last season, I think. Wow. I think it's that. Um, I think Schroeder's not making a good um, impression. I think mm. he's playing quite a few players out of form, out of position. Um, they've, they've taken some absolute poundings uh, yeah. as of Rangers. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, they haven't played well for a number of weeks, and I think. Um, Van Bronckhorst is on dodgy ground at the moment. I think there's a yeah, few of them yeah. that are driving to Glasgow Airport himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I think they need. I think they need uh, both. Both those teams need to get. You know, even though there's nothing really riding on it, um, yeah. I think they need to uh, get a result there um, because, like I said, um, Rangers have lost too many games. Um, yeah. So they're not going to play in any Europa League football, but yeah, I think that'll be um, an interesting one for you know, a Carmen. lot on the line in that game. I think most, mm. yeah, you're right. Both managers desperately trying to cling on to those jobs. That could be an interesting one. I've still got a bad feeling for Rangers. I'm sorry, I've just still got a bad feeling for them. Um, but maybe, hopefully, they'll get that win that Ibrox wants. Getting one win in the Champions League would feel nice, right? <laughs> kind of like Victoria Pilsen, give them the one win. It's something to go home with, right? It's quite nice. Um, But that is our Champions League 
preview done. That is us done. And this week, we will actually be back with an episode on Thursday. Life has been a bit crazy at the moment, guys, so we apologize, but please do stick with us. We are working on it. Um, we will be back on Friday, not Thursday. We record on Thursday, guys. I'm getting confused. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to send you off. Guys, anything to say before we go? And I give the whole follow spiel. I think the main thing is keep an eye out on our YouTube channel because we will have some World Cup stuff. You're doing some fantastic stuff with some interviews, as is Andy. I'll be joining in that shortly as well. So, yeah, mm -hmm. just there keep is an eye on that. A lot of work going on in the background. It's like a duck. It looks calm on top and then the legs, legs are going yeah. mad underneath, yeah. <laughs> right? There's a lot of work going on in the background. But yes, World Cup is very I just, soon. I also just want to give a shout out to uh, Neymar and uh, Lucas Moura. I hope you're feeling <laughs> absolutely miserable as fuck right now because obviously your favourite right-wing fascist nut job, Bolsonaro, has been booted out of um, Brazil. And hopefully uh, the people of Brazil can now wear their jersey without being yeah. labelled a fascist. I think that would be a good improvement for a start. Um, so, yeah, all round, very, very good vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect start for the World Cup for Brazil. This is just the start exactly. they needed. Absolutely. It's, it's going up and up. But, guys, thank you for joining us, as always. Um, hit like and subscribe and all the dem tings. And we will find you on Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Italian Anglo Pod. No. Oh, God damn it. It's three years. <laughs> on Twitter at Italian Anglo Pod. On Instagram at Anglo Italian Pod. And now we have a YouTube handle at the Anglo Italian Pod. It's a new thing, but that's the YouTube handle. So, yeah, like, subscribe, and we will see you on Friday. Bye, guys.